There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into the podcast. We certainly are thankful for each of you that listen each and every day. Today, and we're in Psalm 35, we've continued with Psalm 34, and I believe we finished there. I'm going to gloss over Psalm 35, and I want to go back with the Lord's help and look at a couple of details here. Uh, we are looking at a Messianic Psalm, looking at the Psalm of Jesus Christ. It speaks of him. It's very subtle at first, but then it becomes very obvious that David is in his role of a prophet here. And so we're going to go over Psalm 35 with the Lord's help in just a moment. And then we'll come back at a later podcast and we'll touch up a few of the areas of Psalm 35 with a little bit deeper thoughts uh, than just the surface that we're going to scratch today. But I want to give an overview so that you can look at Psalm 35, maybe in your private time tonight, tomorrow. You'll be able to look at Psalm 35 some more before we can do the next segment of the podcast for Wednesday. Now, we're at the Grace Bible Independent Baptist Church in Shingle House, Pennsylvania this week. Services got off to a good start. We certainly thank the Lord for that. Thank the Lord for those that attended. Had folks from our home church from Blaine, Pennsylvania. They were in services on Sunday night. Uh, had some folks from Black Creek Baptist Church. And then there's some folks from the Anchor Baptist Church. We certainly are thankful for each one of them. Thankful for the folks from the Grace Bible Independent Baptist Church. And uh, Pastor Seeley and the folks for letting us come and preach. So we want to be a help. We want to be a blessing as we look here at the Word of God. Psalm 35, a Psalm of David. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. And so he's looking for help outside. He's pleading with the Lord for intervention, if you will. And he says, take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for mine help. Now, again, the shield, the buckler, two different things. The shield stops the fiery darts. We know that according to the book of Ephesians. But we also know the shield is larger. The shield is uh, something you can hide under. You can quench the fiery darts of the wicked with the shield of faith. But then also, let me say to you this, that buckler is an offensive weapon. The buckler is used to stop sword thrusts and knife blows and dagger blows. But then it's also an offensive weapon. You knock your opponent in the head with your buckler. And in the middle of that buckler, we know, of course, that uh, it's usually a metal piece on the leather. And so your opponent gets too close, you club him with the buckler. Now, the reason that's not mentioned in Ephesians, I believe, is simply because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, and they're spiritual. And so we don't attack. Uh, the child of God is to be meek in all things. Meekness is to be one of the fruit, a part of the fruit of the Spirit that God has given us. And so we don't attack. We're not in attack mode. Meekness is what God requires the saint of God. Draw it out so thy spear... And stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. So now again, we see his soul is mentioned two times. We see that in verse 3. 
Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. That's a reminder in the travail of his soul that God is his God and God is his refuge. And then he says in verse 4, let it be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Why? Because they're after his soul. He's going to be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. They're seeking after the soul of Jesus Christ. Let them be as chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Oh, there's going to be trouble there. You're in trouble when the angel of the Lord is chasing you. You're in trouble when the angel of the Lord is hot upon your trail. Verse 6, let their way be dark and slippery and let the angel of the Lord persecute them. So two times now again, we see the angel of the Lord in the Psalms. And we see, of course, he's around Jesus Christ. He's the protector of Jesus Christ. He's going to uh, perform justice on behalf of Jesus Christ. For without cause have they hid for me their net in a pit, which without cause they have digged for my soul. So the third time we see a soul mentioned there, it says they dig for his soul. Why? They've laid a net for him. They've snared him. And by the way, he knew about their snare, yet he submitted himself to that. He knew about their snare, the net they laid, yet he gave his life and he laid down his life for his friends. What a wonderful savior he is. Let destruction come upon him and unawares, verse 8, and let his net that he hath hid catch himself into that very destruction, let him fall. And so we see there that uh, he's talking about his enemies, the same net they caught him with, the same net that's going to catch them. And I, I want to take note of this before we get too much further in this. As he calls for justice of Jesus Christ, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, those that he died for, he is speaking, of course, of the wicked of Psalm 34. He is speaking to that one that is risen up against him. And there is a judgment coming for that wicked. There is a judgment coming for the worker of Satan. There is a judgment coming for the work of Satan. And yet that judgment has not fully been implemented, but it will be. And that's what he's speaking of here, that judgment which is to come. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee, which delivereth the poor from him that is too strong for him? Yea, the poor and the needy from him that spoileth him. False witnesses. Now, this is Jesus Christ. They came outside of the law of God. They came against the law of God, and they prepared witnesses to lie against Jesus Christ. And false witnesses did rise up. They laid to my charge things that I knew not. And they said, give us Barabbas. Let this man die. Give us Barabbas. Give us that murderer, and let this innocent man be killed. Why? Because of false witnesses. They rewarded me evil for good, the spoiling of my soul. There's a soul mentioned again. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into mine own bosom. And we'll deal with that, Lord willing, in a later podcast. But I want you to look at that if you get a chance this week, Psalm 35 and verse 13. I behaved myself, in verse 14, as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth for his mother. And so there on the cross of Calvary, that man of sorrow is acquainted with grief, died for the sins of the whole world, and he loved them like his own brother. He mourned for them like his own mother. And so we see that even as they abused him, they beat him, mocked at him, scoffed at him, even through all of that, Jesus Christ still loved them and prayed for them. But in my adversity, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. They, the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and cease not. Now, the abjects, and we'll look at that, Lord willing, with the Lord's help a little bit more, but we see that all of hell, all of the world, 
all of Jewish religion, the chief priest, all of the Roman Empire, everything you can imagine has come together against Jesus Christ. And he says there, they did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Now here we see that rule that we find only in a King James Bible. There's two colons in this sentence. So there's two complete sentences here, one before and after the colon, and one in the midst of the colon. And we'll look at that with the Lord's help as we continue to preach the word of God. And he goes on and says, Lord, how long wilt thou look on, verse 17, rescue my soul from their destructions, my darling from the lions? We see that same darling is rescued from the power of the dogs over in Psalm 22. That darling is, of course, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the flesh of God, God made flesh. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He's the darling of the Godhead. And he says, I will give thee thanks in the great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Let not them that are mine enemies wrongfully rejoice over me. Neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. For they speak not peace, but they devise deceitful matters against them that are quiet in the land. Yea, they opened their mouth wide against me and said, Aha, aha, our eye hath seen it. So again, the false witnesses bear witness against Christ. They mock, they scoff, they laugh. They say, our eye hath seen it. They've not spoken peace. They're deceitful. They've lied about all these things. Yet Jesus Christ himself submitted himself to that. He was made sin for us who knew no sin. And that means he was made sin for them as well. This thou hast seen, O Lord. Keep not silence, O Lord. Be not far from me. So again, there's a colon on each end of that. Keep not silence. We see a sentence within a sentence, that rule of thumb is throughout your King James Bible. We first looked at that when he said, put the tears in thy bottle, put my tears in thy bottle. We see Jesus Christ speaking there. By the way, many times when you see that sentence within a sentence, it is Jesus Christ speaking. That prophet is speaking, then Jesus Christ in the midst of that speaks, the spirit of Jesus Christ speaks in the middle of what the prophet is saying. And that's just the goodness of God. That's the infallibility of the King James Bible. That is the inspiration of God. That man would breathe in the very words of God and then put them on paper for us to read. What a glorious thing. What a marvelous thing. The reason people don't believe that is they just don't believe that God can do that. They don't believe he's such a weak God, he can't keep his word. he got such a weak God that he can't give men the words to say. And by the way, many of them today say they have such a weak God that they can't trust what the preacher says because they don't believe that God can anoint him afresh and anew. They don't believe that holy one of God can come upon a man and give him an unction and give him the words to say that they need to hear. They don't believe that today, just like they don't believe the King James Bible. Stir up thyself and awake from my judgment, even my cause, O my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord, my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, ah, so would we have it. Let them not say we have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together. So again, he tells them to be ashamed. Let it be confounded. Let it be ashamed. Let it be brought to confusion. Why? Because he's going to judge them. He's going to judge them for their wrongdoing. He's going to judge them for their lies and for their deceit. But he said, in this case, let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together. That rejoice at mine hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad 
that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. So as we dissect this psalm a little bit more, and I feel like we need to pause here, kind of like we did in Psalm 18, kind of like we did in Psalm 22. I feel like the Lord is saying so much more in these passages than what I've just kind of gone over quickly. But I want to introduce this psalm to us. I want us to be familiar with the words of this psalm. We see Jesus Christ speaking. We see the psalmist speaking on behalf of Jesus Christ. We see the psalmist prophesying. That's David, that great prophet of God. We see those sentences within sentences where the prophet stops and Jesus Christ himself speaks. And then the prophet continues the thought of which he was speaking, all of it under the inspiration of God, all of it under the ministry of the Holy Ghost. They are moved by the Holy Ghost to say those things. And that's why the word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a work of God. It's a miracle of God. God has given us a miracle book in which we can study, in which we can believe. Now, as we look at this psalm a little bit further uh, this week, I want you to notice a couple of words. Now, one, I want you to notice the soul. And I'm going to go back and revisit the soul of Jesus Christ with the Lord's help. But I also want you to notice his judgment, but yet in his judgment, there's still mercy. In wrath, remember mercy. And God is going to judge those that have gone against him. God is going to judge Satan. God is going to judge that man of sin. God is going to judge the workers of iniquity. God is going to judge those that die lost without Jesus Christ. And he's going to send them into a Christless hell for all of eternity. But even in that wrath, there's mercy. Even as God moves upon men in judgment, there's still mercy to be had. He's a God of mercy. He's a merciful Savior. He's a wonderful Savior. And I just want to bless his name and thank you on this podcast this morning as I record this. And I pray that you would pray for our meetings at the Grace Bible Independent Baptist Church. I'd ask you to pray especially that God would move on the hearts of people. I've had three folks in the meeting this week. They do not have assurance of faith, and they've asked God to do something for them. They've explicitly asked the Lord to move upon their heart and upon their soul. We'll have folks coming, folks going, some folks stopping in, some folks going home. But I ask you to pray that God would move upon the face of those men and upon those women that need Christ. That's just the ones that have mentioned that they don't have assurance. I'm sure there's others. Would you pray for them as well? And then this coming weekend, we're having a special conference over at the Anchor Baptist Church in Wellsville, New York. I found out that's going to be from 9 o'clock on into the, into the mid-afternoon on Saturday. Love for you to be a part of that service. Love for you to be a part of that meeting. going to be an all-day meeting. If you're going to drive, you may as well drive to here preaching all day. Amen. As dinner on the grounds. And the folks there have been a blessing to us. They can be a blessing to you. And so we just want to let folks know about that. You ought to be a part of those services. Pray for us. We'll pray for you. Reach out. The contact information is at the end of the podcast. If you'd like to contact the McVeighs, we'd love to hear from you. To our friends in Oklahoma, we thank God for you. We thank God for you listening. Thank God for the opportunity we've had to preach over the podcast. I haven't seen you in 10 years. But oh, how we thank the Lord that he's allowed us to communicate, allowed us to preach. I pray it's a hope. I hope it's a blessing to you. May God richly bless you this day. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. 
You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.